Tuesday is election day. Early in-person voting ended over the weekend, and it's too late to mail your mail ballot. If you still have a mail-in ballot, you can drop it off at your county's supervisor of elections office or take it with you to your assigned precinct on election day and exchange it for an in-person ballot. You can find more information about voting on our website, wmnf.org slash election. You can also find links to information about some of the lesser-known races on the ballot, like judges. We will carry Democracy Now!'s election night special beginning at 9 in the evening Tuesday on our HD3 channel, The Source. You can listen on an HD radio on WMNF.org, on the WMNF Community Radio app, or by telling your smart speaker to play WMNF's HD3. The opinions presented on The Healthy Steps Show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hello out there, my dear friends and resolute listeners to the Healthy Steps Radio Show, and thank you for keeping your radio dial tuned to WMNF Tampa. And a Monday morning without you is a bitter way to start the week indeed. And of course, welcome to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. Today's topic is soon to be unveiled. You are encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663 or sending an email to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813 813- Four three three zero eight eight five. Well, Dr. Harvey, I don't want to stand in the way between you and what is certainly to be an illuminating topic, so let me just put a cork in my mouth and turn the show over to you. Well, thank you, Bill, and happy Monday, all. Um, thank you. You know, everybody needs a, a break once in a while, and I just didn't feel like writing a show this week because I need some more input, and I decided to do today as an AMA day. Ask me anything. So get your thinking caps on and get your phones ready because I'll answer everything today because we're not going to limit it to one topic. The reason I'm doing this is because I want some more input from all you and I'd like to see emails, phone calls. You can uh, send suggestions to marketing at functionalmedicineflorida.com because that's the guy that's coordinating this show with me. That's Josh and he is my marketing guy and he is helping coordinate what I want to do with the show. So I would like to hear from more local practitioners. I would like to interview some people who are experts in areas of health in this area. And so I would like to have uh, Tampa Bay, West Central Florida uh, specialists contact um, the station, contact the DJ, contact my marketing guy. We can coordinate some interviews. I want to actually bring some more information on here and increase the uh, 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 awareness of the of the local people of who's available locally to help with health concerns because I think we can really open up a, a bigger conversation that way. In addition, I am um, um, working with getting more national, international health experts on the show. And so we're getting some things lined up for the near future have somebody coming in at the end of the month, next month. And I'm looking to hopefully have a national or international expert at least once a month and a local expert at least once a month. And so also on the other weekends or the other weeks, I would like to have more 
uh, engagement on different topics. So please feel free to email. I got an email over the weekend to the DJ and um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, yeah, I'm going to do more um, Ask Me Anything days. They'll be possibly uh, surprise days. But um, in the meantime, I, I'd like to hear from you. And so, Bill, Let let's give it. out the phone number. Absolutely. Um, and I like this. It's not so much a challenge as an invitation. You're Ask Me Anything days. I think yes. that'll add uh, a wonderful flavor to the show and get the people to participate a little bit because we know that they've got issues that they need to or want to have addressed. So I'm going to tell folks that if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And his topic today is Ask Me Anything. And you're encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663. Greg is in the control rooms waiting for you. And you can also email us at dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. And to sort of spring it, I've got Gary on the line and I've got uh, somebody ringing on in. You ready for Gary? Sure. Let's say hi to Gary. Good morning, Gary. As always, welcome to the show. Hi, Gary. Hello, Gary. Well, while we're waiting for Gary, um, let's reconnect that in a minute. I'll talk a little bit about some news. I think um, on these AMA days, I'll spice it up with some other topics. I read something over the weekend, actually fascinating. A man in England was infected with the early BA1 strain of, I think that's a Delta, of COVID-19. He was finally cleared after 411 days of continuous infection. This is highly unusual. This guy tested positive in December 2020, and he had um, actually um, um, ongoing uh, uh, infection because he had a kidney transplant is on immunosuppressive medication that kept him from eliminating the virus. So it kept smoldering and uh, they they were able to do genetic testing on him and figure out which strain it was. Uh, and not that he had multiple infections. He just had one ongoing infection. And they were able to use the original monoclonal antibodies that Regeneron made and clear him after all this time. So he's basically cured after 411 days of continuous COVID infection. Is Gary available yet? Well, let's find out. Uh, if he's not, we'll trickle our way on down. I've also got John and Mary Ann online. Let's tickle on Gary's line. Good morning, Gary. Well, he goes back on to hold, and let's see if uh, yep. John. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning, guys. Hi. Hey, uh, Doc, I've had, I told you before, I've had E. coli, I think, three times now. I'm very clean. I wash my vegetables, blah, 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 you know, but, uh, I thought I might have caught it at work because they have raccoons that come into our building at work and they touch everything. Yes. So I thought it was from them, but um, once you have it, are you more susceptible to catch it again? That's a, 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 a really um, two good thoughts there. The, the, the fact that, yes, uh, animals can spread um, infection. I, I haven't heard that um, raccoons have E. coli. They may. Um, the issue is about reinfection. Um, back in, in, in the 
18th century, uh, 19th century, when um, um, Pasteur was looking at bacteria, he actually found um, that there was a problem with the person getting infected rather than actually simply the infection itself. So he and his colleagues had a thought that was the terrain. In other words, the terrain where the bacteria might live versus the bacteria itself. So it's quite possible that there's something imbalanced with your gut physiology that's promoting more returns of this E. coli, um, such as um, you may be taking foods that might promote it, even though you're clean with it, it may just be the wrong mix of foods for your gut. And it could also be that um, um, the strain that you got is very, um, it likes you and, and, it, and it's in this set of bacteria that's in your gut actually works well with it. So you may need to work hard on changing that microbiome. Um, do you take a probiotic? Uh, I take a, I drink, drink immune drinks. I, you know, I, um... No, do you take a probiotic? A no, no. multiple bacterial strain formula. No, I do not. Okay, well, that's one way to actually kind of support the families of bacteria in your gut. Um, a regular um, 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 use of a probiotic can help your your gut actually function better. And and there's some other things you can do. So you may want to really look for um, just a good probiotic strain that has uh, labels after the names like lactobacillus acidophilus. Afterward, it'll say LA-12 or LA-114 or something like that, meaning that they know that that's actually that specific acidophilus strain. Where would I get something like that? No, you can get them at health food stores or functional medicine practitioners. And if adding one of those doesn't work, I would definitely go to uh, IFM dot org that's the institute for functional medicine dot org and and do the doctor search and find a functional medicine doctor to help you get over this sure well i i'm i'm a veteran so i have a va but they're not well there's no know. functional medicine doctors at the va so you'll yeah, need to right. step outside of that box right well they would they would take care of that but uh still they wouldn't though the probiotics, do you have a, a specific product you recommend or no um no, I, I think um, if you go and read the labels on them and find out that it has the genetic strains afterwards, like after bifidobacterium, it's going to have a little parenthesis that says BA05 or something, you'll know that it's a good strain. And some companies that make good strains are Zymogen and Renew Life, and there's a couple of good companies out there, yes. So, okay, well, thank, um, you, thank you. Hope, hope it helps. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, the boards are all lit on up. I've got uh, Mary Ann, Brenda, Paul, but I'm going to give one more shot to Gary here. Hey, Gary. All right, you got me now? Yes, sir. Good morning, Gary. All right. Well, uh -oh. we, did, we did. We lost you again, Gary. Am I again? There you are. Okay. I have been through, um, I have peripheral neuropathy in my leg and yes. I uh, walk with the walker is there any exercise that I could do yeah walking is a very good exercise um, I'd keep walking as much as possible you could do um, lots of other things too if your legs bother you like um, rowing um, you can do Tai Chi in a chair they have restorative Tai Chi um, you can do it at any Taoist Tai Chi center or you could find something on YouTube and follow the video well you know what um, I think um, 
I do it already because I uh, go to the gym and ride a, a bike. Oh, good. For an hour. Excellent. And, uh, and secondly, I want to tell everybody, vote, vote, vote. Thank you. You're welcome, Gary, and thank you. Everybody should go vote. We have a lot of stuff coming up. No, that's certainly the truth. One of the things coming on up is Marianne. Good morning, Marianne. What have you got for us? Hello, yes. Uh, good morning, Dr. Harvey. Um, good morning. Um, <clears throat> I'm 82 years old, and I fell real hard on my rear end and uh, have a mild fracture of L1. This was back in September 7. Uh-huh. And uh, my doctor is uh, leaning towards surgery. I have a, a therapist who has been doing massage and laser and uh, some electrical stuff. And uh, he thinks it could it can be healed without the surgery. Do you have any, any thought on that? Well, I, I don't know of many people that need to go to surgery for a um, compression fracture of the vertebra. The only interventional therapy that I um, have seen used in that case is actually um, in, uh, a vertebroplasty or a kyphoplasty. And that's where they put a needle into the spine where it's fractured and fill it up with cement to open it back up to yeah, stabilize that's the that. that I was talking about. Oh, okay, yeah. So um, that actually can be of benefit, and the sooner the better. So I would not put it off if you're still having a lot of pain. Um, that is a valuable and valid option. Yeah, I was wondering about how safe it was. So. Um, actually, um, I had one patient that had about seven of them done over the course of about five years because he kept having more and more compression fractures due to his low testosterone levels. Yeah, I have a still process. That's probably why that happened. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for your advice. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Dan. Let's go to Brenda. She's been waiting patiently. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. Can you hear me, Dr. Hart? Yes, Brenda, I can. Thank you. Um, I have a family member has cancer, and we're looking for a natural pathway doctor to help us, but we're, in, we're not sure where to look, and I issue you, um, say, a, a, a site to go to, like, to get my pen out in time, um, and any recommendations would be honored. She has, yes, I don't, I'm more of a, I don't eat meat animal products, and we hear different things. Some people say, so you're you're breaking up pretty severely, but I'll address the first question you had, and that is that where can where can she go for help? And I would go to the Institute for Functional Medicine dot org or ifm dot org and do the doctor search there for someone in your area, so you don't have to travel too far to get some good advice. That's perfect. I do appreciate it, and I'll and I'll look into that right away. You're so welcome. All righty. Thank you there, Brenda. And let's go to Paul. Good morning to Good morning there, Paul. Good morning. How are you today? Wonderful, Paul. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, um, I want to check on me and my girlfriend both got COVID the same. It lasted about two weeks and it wasn't, it wasn't really severe. We were both double, double shot and boosted. But both of us in the last month 
and a half, gotten checkups with our regular doctor, and both of us have bad liver numbers with no change in behavior except for the COVID. Is there any connection? Um, yeah, viral infections can cause some inflammation of the liver. And uh, so uh, that's possible. It's not one of the principal things that I've seen in people with um, post-COVID syndrome. And so I think it's worth evaluating. Have you ever had elevated liver numbers previously? No, they're actually always low. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it could be. Um, um, many viruses will actually cause some liver inflammation. I think the first thing to do, if they're not more than a couple, you know, tens of points above the normal, get them rechecked within a month and see if they've improved. Um, and then uh, uh, if still problematic, you might want to look into getting a long COVID test um, that's available at covidlonghaulers.com. Oh, okay. Is there anything I can do? Um. Yeah, you could actually add some things to help um, um, clean up the liver, which include things like N-acetylcysteine, NAC. Uh, often see that in a 600 milligram capsule. Um, that helps support liver detoxification. Um, Alpha-lipoic acid also. Um, ALA is a, a really good liver support and cleaner. And um, phosphatidylcholine or choline itself coming from egg yolks and liver supports the liver. Um, and uh, milk thistle can help uh, with the NAC and the uh, alpha-lipoic acid to help create more glutathione, which is also a very good liver detox. Um, eliminating any... Uh, alcohol use while you have elevated liver enzymes is a really smart thing to do, too. Okay. Uh, sounds good. Uh, so will thyme help? Uh, I think all herbs can help something, but the ones I gave you are really specifically oh, no, I'm, targeted. I'm, I'm at T-I-M-E, not the herb. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, time, time often does because whatever the acute insult was tends to go away. And that's why I say repeated in a month. It may have been an acute insult. If it's still there, it's chronic. And then you need to look into it deeper. Okay. I got, I got a blood test in six weeks. Okay. Thank you. Good. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All righty. I've got Jim on the line here. Good morning, Jim. Hi, good morning. How are you guys? Excellent. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. Quick question for you. Um, natural remedies for uh, elevating your, your T-levels. What are some things that you got in mind there besides the obvious working out, things like that? Are there some natural ways to get those testosterone levels uh, a little higher or at least maintained while you get into your 50s or so? Well, um, you need to deal with medical issues. Um, there's a good study that shows that men with any kind of medical issues have lower testosterone. So if you have high blood pressure, if you have any kind of pre-diabetes, diabetes, obesity, um, anything going on where you're even, you know, taking a medication, you need to look into that. And because most of our illnesses are actually caused by the same thing. So if you have a problem in blood pressure, you're possibly going to have a problem with your testicles. So it's worth it to look more deeply into that. Um, because there's no one specific thing that actually helps. I mean, people talk about some oats that help release some of the testosterone and zinc might help your um, testicles and, and prostate work better. But no one line item seems to have ever raised testosterone in any of my clients. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. All righty. 
Let's go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Oh, good morning, Doctor. So, Paul, if you're concerned like I am uh, with the FDA just um, <clears throat> uh, putting the COVID shots, even though they're still investigational and research, on the childhood uh, schedule, the CDC recommended schedule for childhood shots, despite um, you know low such a low risk of uh, getting for children to get COVID and high risk factor for things that uh, you get from the COVID shots, like myocarditis, and you know, especially in the young males, that, that's not mild, meaning that they can't exert themselves, you know, later on in life. Sure. Risk sure. Attack, you know, a lot of people say I think, it's mild, but it's often very, very, very often not. Yeah, I think what we see yeah. is a, a, a financial drug administration that has a lot more of the finances of pharmaceutical companies in its sights as far as what it's responsible for than the health of Americans. We know this because last year it approved a drug that doesn't work according to its own internal scientists because somebody might want to buy it. That means that they approved it so that a pharmaceutical company can make some money back, not because they could help someone. That's a scary transition for this organization. And so yeah. many things that it's actually saying and doing are highly questionable and it behooves everyone to pause when the Financial Drug Administration makes a statement and evaluate it themselves and ask other people who have training in it, clinicians like functional medicine doctors, who actually do some research and read some new literature rather than many of my former colleagues who simply listen to the edicts of these agencies. So we are in a time where information is critical and we need to pay attention. For example, um, just recently, it was um, uh, according to um, uh, reports just last week, Tallahassee is going to ban access to um, hormone and surgical therapies for children and adolescents, minors. And to me, this makes sense. The government's, this is a very confusing time because sometimes the government interferes and creates mandates that make you do things that don't seem to make sense, like these shots, like in children. This doesn't make any sense. There's no evidence. But also, there's almost no evidence for treating, quotes, transgender, and quotes, children. We don't know where they are. We don't know what they're doing. And we do not have significant and good quality evidence that would show that this kind of thing is actually beneficial for minors. It's low quality studies, low quality evidence, and very scant at best. So it is very important that the state of Florida has actually put a hold on this because we don't have any information about this major experiment on children. I say experiment because it's an experiment. There is actually no good protocol for this. This is completely shooting from the hip, shotgun kind of yeah. scary. And so this kind of stuff is going on all across the board and we need to be very aware and that's why I do this program. Thank you for asking yeah, that question. Right side of history, I agree. But, uh, you know, speaking of products, uh, drugs that don't work, it's is that uh, you know Peter Doshi, who I know you you like you because I meant when I mentioned him to you before, is that you know, he's an associate editor at the British Medical Journal, and he was pointing yes. out that the COVID shots were never tested for anything other than preventing mild symptoms. And now, right. uh, October 11th, you have uh, Pfizer's executive Janine Small admitting that in front of the EU Commission or uh, Parliament, European Parliament, uh, Janine Small admitted that the their, the Pfizer shots had never been before. Uh, 
tested on their ability to prevent transmission. Right, and the new boosters were also tested on eight rats, not humans. And so we right. really don't have any good, this is the first time we've been doing this kind of hack science, this nonsense, non-science, and, and, and foisting um, these experimental medications on populations that we don't have any really good information about. And so... Thank you, Chris. Yes, we need to keep this conversation going. Uh, you're aware, and we need to keep many more people becoming aware. But we have like five more people online and 10 emails. So thank you, Chris. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, absolutely. The emails are stacking on up, but let's get to Aaron right now. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, morning. How you doing, Doc? Great. How are you today, Aaron? Pretty good. Pretty good. Wanted to get your thoughts on um, sermorel and acetate. In particular, for healthy adults, um, what are your thoughts on it, if, if, if any? Well, I don't use it. I've seen it talked about. And uh, frankly, um, I don't use a lot of that kind of therapy any longer. I, I did use growth hormone and got some results from it for a couple of different things. But um, the, main, the best result I had with growth hormone was in a fellow who had uh, a heart failure with an ejection fraction that meant that uh, meaning his pump was fractioning only at 6% of normal and they gave him six months to live and we used growth hormone and exercise and his pump function went back up to 45% which is actually normal um, and he lived another eight years um, but I, I, growth hormone and anti-aging, sermorolin and anti-aging not from my perspective necessary um, I think there are so many good things we can do naturally um, using so many different techniques like intermittent fasting, um, taking uh, supplements like resveratrol that mimic fasting. Uh, there's so many good things we can do. And the place to start really is consciousness because when you create your health picture in your mind and you project that into the quantum field with emotion of joy, you actually tend to pull yourself into that arrangement. So consciousness is where it starts, exercise follows up, and then doing the smart thing about looking at what hormones are out of balance, why they're out of balance, where the inflammation is, because inflammation is likely to cause most of the uh, hormone uh, abnormalities, that and toxicity, and toxicity causes most of inflammation. And toxicity can come from things that you do take and things that you don't take. You could be toxic for malnutrition. And so I don't use hormones like that because I find that most people don't need them. Yeah. I'm a pretty healthy, active adult. Uh, I'm, I'm 40. I've been kind of on and off taking this thermorellin for about 10 years. And mm -hmm. I can just say personally, when I'm on it, I just feel a little bit better, just a little bit better energy, a little bit less inflammation. I just, the recovery, you know, from playing sports, everything just seems to just be a, a little bit better. I just, I, I just feel a little bit healthier when I'm on it. And uh, mm -hmm. I know when I first started taking it about 10 years ago, United Healthcare was actually paying for it as a preventative care type of thing. And then as far as I know, Big Pharma came and just shut it down because it's like, yeah, we'd rather have you guys sick and brittle and taking a thousand different drugs instead of taking... Well, I got to tell you... That might replace a few different things. I don't take Sermarillin and I don't feel brittle. I feel vibrant, yeah. I feel strong, and I feel stronger today than I did 10 years ago, not taking yeah. anything. And actually, 15 years ago, 
actually, no, 20 years ago, my testosterone was so low, I had to take it. But I took mm -hmm. it for about two years and then realized I forgot to take a dose for about four months, checked my level, and I was back in the mid-range. Toxic but emotions can cause low testosterone. So really, I find that I, most people don't need to take extra hormones to feel fabulous. As far as you know, is, is, it, is it a dangerous drug? Um, well, anytime that you push on the growth hormone system, if you do have um, an unrecognized cancer, you might tell it to grow. But honestly, I've not seen anybody really have, you know, any kind of significant adverse problems with it because I don't use it and I haven't seen it that many people on it because it's not used very much. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. You're welcome, Aaron. Have a great day. You too. All right. Well, we got a lone caller here, John. We'll take him and probably move on to a couple of emails because I know they've been stacking on up on you. And, of course, the one that came over the weekend that I'd like to thank uh, Tom Collins for forwarding to us. Yes. Here's John. Good morning, John. Hey, doctor. Uh, how are you? Um, I'm John from Sarasota. I'm dealing with a prostate cancer issue, and I'm mm -hmm. very um, interested in um, the testosterone level. I've I've been trying to get a baseline um, for um, for my testosterone level and how it affects where my cancer is going. Um, and there's a difference between testosterone level and free testosterone level. So and also and also dihydrotestosterone level and and dihydro. Uh, and, and, and what is that difference? I wonder if you could explain that to me. Well, total testosterone is the amount of testosterone that can be found circulating in your blood. Much of that is bound up by um, proteins like albumin and uh, other uh, carrying proteins. Um, so it's not all available. Free testosterone is that which is not bound to proteins in your blood. So that's the amount that's available to actually do some action. And then the active testosterone hormone is called dihydrotestosterone and that must be converted from testosterone into dihydro using an enzyme system and so the dihydro is actually going to be the most important looking uh, 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 hormone to look at when it comes to prostate activity because that's what actually tells the prostate to act uh, you know the whole my whole um, uh, frame of reference was that uh, that testosterone sort of feeds into the cancer and um, and, and in order for me to get a good baseline, I sort of had to know which numbers to look at. So as I look at these numbers, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to see like, uh, you know, where the variants are. I've started, um, I've started uh, changing my diet. I've started doing different things. I'm seeing a, um, a, a natural uh, herbologist from here in Sarasota. And I've noticed that my PSA levels have gone down by two points. Uh, good. I haven't, yeah, I haven't been able to, pardon? I said, good. Oh, yeah, really good. Uh, well, I mean, but, but I also just got back from a, a conference up in, uh, 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 up in, in north uh, of all these people who are um, advocating all these medical things. But I I've, I've sort of want to go more toward, um, uh, more toward an Eastern medicine, uh, like preventive rather than aggressive sort of uh, approach to dealing with this prostate cancer. I don't think it's at the uh, critical level net right now, but I'm super nervous. So I'm starting all my, my observations on my testosterone levels, trying to get like, you know, these ideas that I want to know that difference and the effect of testosterone on cancer growth. Yeah, so cancer, uh, prostate cancer can be stimulated to grow with 
testosterone. Specifically, dihydrotestosterone is the active one. So you want to know what your dihydrotestosterone levels are, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, you um, do you know about um, Dean Ornish, Dr. Dean Ornish, and his um, research on prostate cancer? No, I don't. So uh, Dean Ornish is the guy that wrote Reversing Heart Disease, and he did that with diet, exercise, and meditation. And he's basically done the same thing in a study for prostate cancer and showed that you can turn off about 600 pro-cancer genes by doing his program. And um, I think it's called the Ornish Spectrum. Um, you might find that online, but he has a program that's actually proven to reverse the the pathology, the 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 promoting genes that would stimulate the prostate cancer, but he doesn't have evidence that he's cured prostate cancer because again, cure is a, a difficult word to use anytime, anywhere, because cancer is a chronic illness. And if we can just learn to keep it at bay by ha having the, the terrain, the body be unfriendly to cancer growth, uh, that tends to work. So um, supplements that actually work uh, against basically all cancers, um, uh, uh, are resveratrol, um, curcumin from turmeric, resveratrol from Japanese knotweed or from um, um, red wine um, or red grapes. Um, another really good one is uh, glucoraphanin or sulforaphane, glucosinolate. Those are um, the broccoli extracts that many people talk about. The one that I've uh, seen a lot of research on is called Oncoplex uh, from Zymogen and I have not seen a study where it fails. It's, it augments chemotherapy. It augments uh, cancer therapy support without chemotherapy. It just helps to block tumor growth. And does another one Dr. is green tea. Does Dr. Arnish address this? I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, That's okay. Does Dr. Arnish address this in his... Uh, in his uh, he addresses he addresses the diet, the exercise, and the meditation, but he doesn't talk about specific herbal therapies. Um, <clears throat> there are... Um, uh, other online resources for that, including going to the functional medicine doctor's website and finding one to talk with. Um, I'm, but uh, I'm, currently, yeah. I'm currently seeing a doctor, um, uh, Mayershin, here on Clark Road here in in, uh, in Sarasota. He's been very mm -hmm. helpful and been um, prescribing a lot of different herbs and stuff. And I think that that may have uh, reduced the um, PSA numbers uh, for me. And I'm, I'm dietary changes, herbs, things like that can make a a, um, a difference, definitely. Yeah, but you know, it, it's funny because if you, you can't find a baseline for how the cancer is progressing, so you try to uh, use these like sort of primal numbers like PSAs and Gleason scores and things like that. But it doesn't really tell you where the uh, cancer is going. So, so uh, I'm trying to sort of get this uh, grip on how to uh, how to monitor the advancement and and to see how how the movement is going. So I'm I'm trying. Sure. What's your Gleason number? Uh, it's well, it's very funny because my Gleason was was um, a three plus four, but then I, I I had two different lab reports. I went to the local Sarasota um, lab and they had um, a three plus fours, and then I I wanted them sent out to Johns Hopkins, and some of them came back three plus three, and so I'm noticing this difference in the interpretation of the Gleason scores, and so the fact that it's sort of still in the seven range, I guess I'm a little bit. Uh, optimistic in in that respect because it hasn't gotten above that sort of uh, uh, risk level of that 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 would be more dangerous and more concerning. But I'm still if I were if I had a, if I had a Gleason seven, I'd be talking to a urologist about high intensity focused ultrasound. 
because I have um, to, to a doctor here in um, in in Sarasota, um, Doctor Schianti, but I'm not quite sure if is if I, if if I'm a candidate only because they think that that uh, because of the involvement after a couple of biopsies, one rectal, one perineal, uh, after a couple of these uh, biopsies, I think that the involvement might be might be to the point where he he's he might not see me as a good candidate. That's sad. Biopsies are dangerous. Um, And uh, so, yeah, uh, you might want to get another opinion from another Haifu person because it's the least invasive of all the surgeries and it can be repeated. You can't repeat the radiation. You can't repeat a a, a, a radical prostatectomy. Um, And so you might want to actually talk to somebody again because the earlier you deal with it, the better. If it's already out of the bag, out of the prostate capsule, that is, you might not be a candidate. But I would definitely act sooner than later. I've had a few um, CTIs, and uh, it is still within the capsule. So, um, but I'm just nervous about uh, about whether or not to um, um, uh, to move forward in in that particular direction. I do. I was. I had a lot of encouraging information about Haifu, but I wasn't. um, But but I'm not sure that. uh, And and the expense was 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 very concerning also because. It's not covered by a lot of insurance. So. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The insurance companies want you to go and do the dangerous stuff. Yeah, and I'm over. I'm over sixty six now, and I'm I'm relying on Medicare, so these are not covered in those respects. So it's a very nerving time of, of yes, and uh, for me, very understandable. But um, you have options. Keep working it. Keep looking for new uh, 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 nutritional information. Um, uh, there's always stuff on the horizon. Uh, prostate cancer. They just came up with another new one, I think, for prostate cancer. I just saw. So there's there's options out there for you. You know, it, it's funny because they say that people die like um, with it and not necessarily from it. And then I'm getting a lot of data where where you know a lot of necropsies uh, and, and, and people find that you you've had can- this particular cancer in your prostate for many many years. And and I'm trying to to uh, determine whether or not the advancement is so aggressive in, in trying to get my baseline, whether the cancer is so aggressive that, that, that I have to take action at this point or if I still can, uh, can do a wait for watching uh, posture. Um, at seven, I'm not a waitful, a, a, a watchful waiter, um, and I don't wait. I do things while I'm waiting because watching um, tends to progress. So, um, yeah, fine. Get some more opinions. I think um, you're a candidate for therapy. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and, and I'm right at that crucial point there now. And uh, uh, but I'm trying to accumulate as much data as possible. But and I'll look into this Dr. Ornish's approach too. I thank you so much. Uh, uh, Frank, for all, all that you do. You're very welcome. All right. And and you may hear from me again sometime soon. <laughs> okay. Thanks again. You're welcome. Well, and John, always feel free to call on back. That's what we're here for. That's right. Yeah, I've, I've called a couple of times, and I've, I've, I've really loved this show because it, it encourages me to investigate and to and to seek more uh, alternatives, and, uh, and I appreciate you all for, for doing this. It's very helpful. Well, I appreciate that feedback because I want people to explore. This is about sparking that interest because it's all about motivating yourself to do the right thing for yourself. Well, you know, we have a man-to-man support group here in Sarasota. Yes. And, and we would love to invite you to, uh, to come and, uh, and participate in, in a dialogue. That would be most wonderful. Email marketing at Functional Medicine Florida and Josh will set us up. Super. Thank you so much. You're welcome. 
All right. Uh, Marie's been waiting very patiently, but I also want to clue in people that the your emails that you've been sending on in will be addressed shortly. So let's see what Maria has for us today. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. Uh, Marie. Hello. Hi, Marie. Hi. Can you hear me? What do you got today, Marie? Um, I am an adult with scoliosis, and they want to screw my spine back together with uh, with steel rods, and the operation is really severe, and I'm trying to find anybody that does any other kind of therapy for adult scoliosis, and I just haven't seen any in any of my research. Well, have you um, done any um, thing with muscle activation technique? No. And how about craniosacral therapy? Uh, no, I, I don't have the resources for that, but, um, okay. Is that, are those, those are, those are therapies that have helped people with musculoskeletal problems in the past. Um, sometimes the pain isn't just the anatomy. Sometimes it is. And that surgery is definitely extensive. So, um, you might want to consider looking up a local craniosacral therapist. It's like a massage therapist and see if you can get some relief there. Um, you also might look up muscle activation techniques. There were two or three therapists in the Tampa, um, clear, uh, um, um, St. Pete area. And we have, uh, two in Sarasota. Um, so those things might help. Um, it's a big step to take uh, and do. Uh, scoliosis surgery. Most people don't do it because it is so extensive. Yeah, it's like it's a huge long recovery and then you're living yeah. your activities for the rest of your life, but my spine is sitting on my pelvic bone. <laughs> yes, so I think um, really one of the best things you can do is uh, do some uh, uh, work on it uh, physically beforehand and see if you can release some of that. And uh, the craniosacral therapy may release it. You will know in one or two visits whether it's helping and then you can make a decision as to whether you want to go do something else. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you very much. You're so welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I wanted to address the email that came in over the weekend. Uh, somebody had mentioned um, Sjogren's disease. And uh, Sjogren's is an autoimmune disease. And Sjogren's, um, one of its major symptoms is dry eyes and dry mouth. For some reason, it attacks the moist membranes. And so... As with any autoimmune disease, the things you can do for it are to follow a, a good autoimmune-related diet. So the WALS diet, W-A-H-L-S apostrophe, or the AIP, the autoimmune protocol diet, which is more strict. Both of those help people. Um, clearing out the toxins. If you have mold exposures, you want to get rid of that. If you have gluten exposures, you want to get rid of that. Pesticide or other toxin exposures, get rid of that. These things really help. And then you want to do some good support for those mucous membranes, flax oil, fish oil, vitamin E, vitamin D, antioxidants, things that can help to calm that down. And then actually finding a functional medicine doctor to help you wade through the problems of inflammation are a really good thing. And I'd like to thank Tom Collins for sending that to us. As I said before, he's the um volunteer of the year last year and there's a reason for that he was sitting here in the studio and saw it over the weekend and made sure that you got that email so kudos yes, to that's great. Uh, tom thank what you else tom. Have, what else have you got for us doc 
So um, somebody asks, are there functional medicine dentists, Joan in St. Pete? And actually in St. Pete, they don't call them functional medicine dentists. They call them holistic dentists. Uh, but it's in the same uh, vein of thinking that we have uh, problems that we can eliminate before we do massive things to the mouth. Or sometimes we need to do because somebody's already done damage and put mercury fillings in and we need to get them out. These people know how to do it properly. There are people in Sarasota. There are people in uh, uh, the Pinellas um, uh, Peninsula, but I'm not sure about Tampa. I'm sure there's somebody there, but I just don't know anybody. I've just encountered these others. So yes, they're around, Joan, and so it just takes a little look of holistic dentistry. Um, here's someone. Mike in St. Pete has uh, headache, neck, and back pain for four days, has a negative COVID test. We are in the midst of a flu epidemic right now. Uh, so if you have high fever, cough, aches, and pains, it's likely you have the flu and not COVID because that's actually what's spiking right now. Uh, in children, respiratory syncytial virus is also going on. And so we want to um, really think uh, about that. And there are interventions for the flu. And you know you can do the same things for the flu that you did for COVID. I've talked about the natural protocols for that. They work for viruses, basically. And the other thing you can do is call your doctor and get some Tamiflu. Um, I got read the riot act by an ER doctor that doesn't like it last year or two years ago. But frankly, I've never seen an adverse event. I'm sure they occur, but I've watched it end the fever and the aches in 12 to 15 hours. So if you're really feeling badly and if you have lung problems, heart problems, diabetes, or any other immunosuppression, I'd say get on some medicine because it could really be the flu. See your doctor. We have callers. Indeed, we do. Let's go to Brina again. Hey there, Brina. Yes, um, I have two questions. One was, can you recommend a therapy or something for lung cancer or anything that you can recommend? Um, well, so, um, no, I, I don't treat lung cancer, but one thing you can do is um, actually see a functional medicine doctor to get coaching on what to do to support someone going through cancer. It's a complex thing. There's lots of things we can do, yeah. uh, lots of support to do, but there's no one therapy. However, there is one thing that has never uh, uh, failed in any cancer patient that I've known. It's made an impact maybe not big, but it's made an impact. It's called Oncoplex or sulforaphane glucosinolate. Amazing broccoli extract that changes the way your body deals with these things. I'm growing broccoli sprouts right now. There you go. Eat them every day. Okay, that's wonderful. Um, and anything else to be appreciated. Also, the NAC that you that you mentioned is 600 milligrams. That's good. I know that I have infusions these days, but it's, it's viable and in the tablet form for things like depression and um, they're, they're finding it for all kinds of things now. Well, the reason they find it works for all kinds of things is because it works on detoxification and toxicity causes most of our illness. Okay, so it's viable in that form, and in, in the pill form versus IV yeah. form. Oh, no, you don't need an IV. In fact, I don't use it IV. I use glutathione IV. So, you use the NAC? Orally, yeah. before every meal, bedtime. Thank you. So, before meal and 600 milligrams. I'm sorry? 600 milligrams? Is that correct? 600 milligrams tends, tends to be what I see in capsules, yes. Thank you so much. And anything else that's related to NAC is interesting. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Well, um, yeah, you're very welcome. All right, we're down to about eight more minutes, and um, got Gwen on the line here. Good morning, Gwen. Good morning. Um, Good day. What do you What do you have today for us, Doctor Fred? A few Mondays ago, I don't know, four, five Mondays ago, maybe even six. I just didn't get a chance to call back. But you mentioned a whole lot of different multivitamins. Uh, you know, you didn't have anything good to say about them, really. And you mentioned Centrum, the one that I take. Yeah. Uh, what is so wrong with Centrum? They poison it. If you read oh the label, it's, it's, got, it's got three or four different artificial dyes in it, which are allergenic and potentially carcinogenic. I don't know why the, the Financial Drug Administration allows them to continue poisoning us yeah. with these artificial dyes, but that's their purpose, I guess. <laughs> You're right. Why would they keep making it and messing people up? Yeah, so if you get one that's in a capsule form from the health food store um, that doesn't have any dyes in it, you're one step ahead of there, right? That, that's simple. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Parade. Have a great day. You are so welcome. All righty, your turn there, Dr. Fred. All righty. David mentions that he read an article on the CNN website about a study in which severe depression was eased with a single dose of psilocybin. Um, that's pretty impressive. And what I have uh, followed for the last couple of years is what um, the Johns Hopkins Psychedelic Research Center has been doing. They've published numerous times. And their protocol was, I believe, three or five sessions um, with the psilocybin in a controlled setting. But the that was... The one I'm thinking of is really PTSD, and it's much harder to treat than depression, I think. Um, and they had great success with that. With 80% of the people um, who had the mystical experiences um, responded. And at two years out, 80% of the 80% were still uh, um, in remission. So that means they have a 64% overall two-year response rate, which can't be said with any other intervention whatsoever. It is the most powerful intervention recorded so far. And so it's fabulous. And we need to study it more. We need to decriminalize it. But in the meantime, we also need to train people in how to do integration therapy with um, psychedelics. It's very important and it's going to change the way we deal with mental illness and probably end the treadmill of serotonin reuptake inhibition um, craziness because obviously Paxil doesn't solve problems for everybody. Here's one. Um, anonymous says broke left fifth metatarsal. That's the fifth um, uh, foot bone on the outside, the little toe foot bone, and um, they are told that they could have a boot or a cast. And um, so um, there's no such thing as a foot or a shoe cast because you can't put strain on the ankle if you're going to save your uh, foot bone. So it's going to be actually a boot. Um, and um, one thing you could take to help uh, heal that is um, a uh, remedy called uh, orthosilicic acid, biosil. We have callers. Indeed, we do. We're down to the last few seconds of the show, so let's go to Susan. Good morning, Susan. Um, hi, Dr. Fred. Um, I called you last week with an osteoporosis-related question, and I just thought of another one. Um, I go to a rheumatoidologist um, who has a pretty good reputation, 
And she feels that she'd like to put me on the pharmaceuticals for Teo or Timlet. Are you familiar with those? Uh, the Vorteo, I'm not sure I heard what you said about the second one. It's Timlet. T is in Tom, Y-M-L-O-X. Oh, that's a so, new one. Yeah, it is a new one. And uh, my, um, uh, as I said last week, my numbers have gone down quite a bit. So I'm thinking about taking those. Um, so if you only know about Forteo, do you have any kind of opinion about that? Um, Forteo seems to have some effect. I've not seen it have any great effect in most people. Um, I've seen really good effect with using the biosil plus calcium plus D plus exercise and making sure you get at least half your body weight in pounds in grams of protein per day. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you got to get 50 grams of protein to get your bones back. If you weigh 120 pounds, you got to get 60 pounds or 60 grams of protein. This is the most important thing you can do. Yeah, and since you told me that last week, I have upped my protein quite a Good. bit. Um, yeah, I was just wondering about side effects of Forteo. And I have been doing the Biocil and the calcium, um, a good form of calcium, for um, over a year. And I was really surprised when my uh, numbers did plummet. Or plummet. And, yeah, uh, there's something else going on there. You might have inflammation that's hidden. There's something interfering with this for you. Well, she did find out from the urinalysis that I, my body wasn't absorbing the calcium. And you suggested ah. that I do the NTX test and the PINP mm -hmm. test. Um, yes. I've been just doing a little research on my own. And, well, it's time. Um, it's time for us to go, Diane. Thank you for your input. We're coming right down to the wire. Okay. So should I say good sayonara? Have a nice day and a nice week. Talk to you again right, next thank time. Thank you. So bye-bye. All right, thank you, Susan. And, well, Doc, what have you got for us? Well, actually, next week we have um, another interview. It's a local um, expert in um, one of my favorite therapies. It's called esoteric healing. This is a healing um, uh, uh, type of modality that is done, actually, in person or from a distance. You'll be fascinated with what he's found and what he can tell us about the human condition. Um, I'm looking forward to talking with um, Chuck Pisa next week. Well, heart be still. I'm all excited for everybody, too. So until next Monday, I want to say thank you, Dr. Fred, for a great show, and I want to thank Greg for answering the phones and all of our participants. It was really a um, confluence of activity today. I was pretty excited about it. And uh, everybody on out there, stay safe, stay healthy. You all are the greatest. You have been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR News and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show. Riding solo today is Annie Ellis and her guest is Melanie Kahn. Melanie's here today to introduce children of all ages to the wonders of mushroom foraging. So until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Your community conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.